Good afternoon, everyone. I'm Brian Bridgers. I'm the controller here at Central Carolina Community College. I hope everybody's doing well and having a great day. So me and Emily and I believe Anna or Amber is going to go through and discuss some different ways to assist students on campus with paying for their college, their tuition and fees and books. If you have any questions, just raise your hand, put something in the chat box, let me know. We'll stop and talk about it, okay? All right, this first slide here talks about the academic calendar. This is very important. This is important dates for the students to know as well as, as y'all as your advising students. I think it's important because what happens a lot of times is students don't realize these dates when their payments are due, so they may get purged. They're not sure when the, the last time to get a 100% refund would be. Those are important dates for them to be recognized because if they're not aware of that and they want to drop out of classes and things of that nature, I think it's good for them to know up front before they just drop classes because to me, they need to understand the financial burden of what's going to happen to them if they go to drop their classes early like that. So, and that knows the same thing for the drop and add dates when those classes are when you can drop an ad that makes a difference as well. All these things can be found in our academic calendar. And if you want more information or uh, anything deeper about it on those topics with the calendar, let me know. But most of those dates are kind of set based on our calendar and also based on state regulation as well. So there's certain dates we have to have in place. All right, are you officially registered? You know, have you paid in tuition, as we said earlier? Have you paid in full for everything? Are you getting financial aid? Do you know anything about the deferred payment? We have a deferred payment plan, and I'll discuss more detail on that later, but that's something we have available for fall and spring, and that helps students afford to pay for their payments, whether they're not getting financial aid or even if they are. We've had a situation where well, we, what we do is we try to help students out if they're applying for financial aid and there's a holdup with something with their financial aid process at this time, we can work with them and we work with the financial aid department to make sure that they should get the financial aid and it will be awarded. It's just a matter of getting this paperwork in place. What we do is we help the student out by enrolling them in this and they'll pay the 25% down. And then what happens is once their financial aid kicks in, we'll go back out there and remove those charges from their payment plan and, and so therefore they're not getting double dipped. And then, you know, for sponsorships and scholarships, you you know, you can come see Melissa Godfrey. She's the person that handles that. So if there's any questions in relates to that. But students need to know that if they're sponsored by an employer or or someone else, you know, they need to buy church, whether it may be, you know, they need to make sure they print, turn that stuff in before classes start way before the semester begins if they can that way we can get that stuff set up so the way the student when they want to go buy their books for that if the sponsor's paying for that or they don't we won't, don't want them to get purged out of their out of their classes that's why that's important to have up front and then that way we can take it from there and that way the student still stays in those courses and doesn't get dropped from those courses and that's the same thing with making sure that the tuition and fees are paid if they don't have they haven't paid in full, they don't have a payment plan set up, and they don't have financial aid of any sorts, then they're going to get purged from their from their classes. And, you know, it's a lot of work to purge them and have them having to go back and re-register to come back on. So we're trying to help with that as much as we can. I know we can't control it all, so. But that's kind of the things we want to make you all aware of to help to support the students a little bit more. All right, next let's talk about the uh, ways of paying. So we accept cash, personal check, money orders, credit cards, Visa, Master, and Discovery. And you can pay in the office. You can come to the business office and come up here and pay. Or you can also pay on the web advisor. 
and you can also pay on any of the campuses, by the way. So even if you're mainly on the Lee campus and you happen to be in Chatham County or you lived in Chatham County, that's where you live, you can go to that chat, that office and pay your tuition. It's not a problem. You can still do that. But you can also, like I said, pay on WebAdvisor. And hopefully between now and next year, we'll be off of WebAdvisor and on self-service, and that will change things even more for the students and help out tremendously. So how does it work, right? As I said before, I'll stop and give you an example before. They have that first payment to 25% down, and that's due right when they register. That's due immediately then. And then they'll get a second and third payment, which will be divide the remaining balance in half. And the student, in order to be able to go on there, they need to have their student ID, their total balance is due. They'll have to have both those things. And they'll have to make sure they understand what semester they're in because those are three things you have to key in when you register for a deferred payment. You have to give them your student ID so they can attach that to there so they know. Then they have to have the full amount so they're gonna, that, you're gonna, that they're going to have to charge your charging. And then they're going to need your banking account information as well. So those are important things to make sure you, make sure you have in place. And then we have, then here's the dates where it comes out for the fall and the spring semester. And as I said earlier, we only do fall and spring. We don't do the summer. And the reason we don't do the summer is it just doesn't allow enough time for the student. It's not fair to the student and it's really not fair to the campus either because you put the student at risk because they don't give them enough time to pay their payment. And then put the college at risk having to absorb that cost and the student can't pay it. Yes, we'll send it out to everyone, Kelly. And then if you have any questions about any of those things, always you can reach out to the business office anytime any of my staff can an answer most of these questions between Wendy Cotton and Melissa Godfrey and uh, myself, Leslie Matthews and uh, Joyce Harding. All of them can actually help you as well with this question. So anything you have or any student has a question, you can reach out to us and let us know. All right. The last piece to just talk up again about is, I didn't talk about the scholarships, but that's okay. I think I talked yeah. about, okay. I can go back so, if you need me to. No, no, I covered most of the scholarship stuff we need to talk about. It just, okay. like I said, it needs, it needs to be submitted beforehand so that way that we can get it in their system. So the last piece here is just a phone number, list of phone numbers you can call and talk to anyone in those departments. A lot of the phone numbers in the three ladies I named earlier, Leslie, Wendy, and Melissa, they have a phone, they share a phone, so it'll go to each one of their phones as it jumps to each one of their phones. So someone should be able to answer the phone and have any questions to help out. That's all I have. Anybody got any questions for me? Did I go too fast? Did... And I want to say I do have a disclaimer. Um, I'm not able to see the chat. I just want to make sure I can have the chat in case there's any questions asked. So unfortunately, I'm not Amber. Um, I had to step in for her. She had something come up last minute. But I'm pretty much going to go over Financial aid, what you can do if you have a financial aid appeal that is sent to you, pretty much what you need to do is complete what classes they need for their degree and then automatically goes to us. So if you have a student saying, hey, I got a financial aid appeal, most likely it will go to your eForms or your eTrieve and it will be in your inbox. I've had some students who say that I did it and then when we can actually go in on our side and see where that appeal is and process and a lot of times the students didn't submit it to the advisors so we're trying to be more transparent with the students to say hey you when you do it and you hit submit if something's not right if something's like the phone number's missing or some information's missing for the student half 
it will not send to the advisor until they do their part. Until we talk to them, a lot of times they don't know that they forgot that. It will go back in there and help them do it. So does that answer your question, Miss Virginia? Was, excuse me, Miss Minter? All right. So, yes, um, they can contact us about it. We are pretty much, we are, like I said, we're able to see where it's at in that transition. So if they said they did do it and they submitted it to you and you don't have it, definitely tell them to contact us and we can help them locate that financial aid appeal. So to complete the FAFSA application, when a student completes the FAFSA application, it will take three to five business days for it to come from the Department of Education. Sometimes students think when they do it, it will be there automatically the next day. That is likely not the case it will take up to at least five business days and we try to tell students to keep an eye on the email they will receive a email from the department of education first and then when we have in our system we will send them an email from our financial aid office so there should be two emails before we have the FAFSA in the system so that way they can be a little bit more knowledgeable about that. Most likely anything that is needed is stated in the email hey we have it we might need A, B, or C. We might need tax records or whatever the case might be. But it's always stated in that email if they have been awarded or if we need anything else additional to that. And then we also say we did in the email, we say five to seven days. We try to say do as soon as possible. So if that way, when you get that process done, you submit those documents, it takes us up to two weeks for review. And we try to do it as quickly and efficiently as we can. But we do let students know that it will take some time for processing. But as soon as they get that email, it will be good for them just to respond, get stuff submitted, or locate the forms that we are needing from them. Once the verification is complete, the admissions are complete, the, the requirements that they need, the official high school transcript from an accredited high school is very important. And then after the FAFSA is complete and the verification and admissions have been met, a student can then be awarded financial aid. The financial aid office does not pay towards charges on a student's account until the attendance has been confirmed excuse me, in all classes. So typically this is about them about two to three weeks after classes start. So classes that start in August, we have a refund day of around September the 15th, I think it was. So classes that just started now, that refund date is on November the 12th. So anybody that you have an eight, eight, eight late week classes, that refund, that refund date will be November the 12th. And then if they have any questions about it, we can help them find out the answers. Eligible students have been who have been awarded federal state funds do not need to pay the tuition out of pocket. Typically, the financial aid will hold the classes until we can verify the attendance. So they don't they don't have to pay if they know they have been awarded financial aid. Students can also use the financial aid to purchase books in the bookstore and before the aid is posted. Typically, we have those bookstore dates. And then we have the charge until the 26th second on our calendar. So any any students with late eight week classes, they do have funds available. It typically might have financial aid to use in the bookstore, but we always advise a check with us so that way you don't go and charge stuff and it won't go through so that way you don't be disappointed on their end. Financial aid funds. We try to help students use them wisely. The Pell lifetime limit is up to six full-time years. So 600%. Once that student hits that 600%, they will be unable to use financial aid just because this is like frequently changing the major. This will result in losing your Pell fund sooner. Degree audit. So any classes that are not needed for the degree, 
will not be covered by financial aid unless they do a dual major, like associate in arts with business or something like that. They can only be awarded for aid, student aid for classes that count towards a degree or the certificate. So they will be advised to follow the academic plan. And we do, uh, we are aware that some students do classes that will transfer more better. We say that's fine. You just want it as much, as much aid, but we will do enough to cover. Sometimes it's enough to cover your tuition and fees. You just probably might not have something towards your books or whatever the case might be. Every situation is different. So we always advise the students to call and check on that. So that way we can help them understand what's going on. All enrollment status, all the awards are split for fall and spring and, and are based on a full-time status. So if the student says I have $3,000 for full-time, yes, but if they are less than full-time, which is half-time, they're basically only going to receive $1,500. It's, it's broken up on how many credit hours they are enrolled in. And then if, you do, if they do plan to enroll for the summer semester, they may or may not need to pay out of pocket. The only thing that pays for the summer funds is the federal Pell Grants. The state funds, which is the North Carolina Grants and the Lottery Scholarship, do not pay for summer classes. So we always tell the students to check on what kind of financial aid they have before they enroll for summer semester, see if they do need to pay out of pocket. Does a student need 12 credit hours? We, this is a myth that we know a lot of students say, I have to be full-time. That is not necessarily true. As you can see, the federal Pell Grant, if the student is in less than six credit hours, they could potentially be up to, awarded up to 25% of their refund. So six to eight credit hours is 50% of their, of their financial aid. And then nine to 11 is 75%. So it all depends on what they have been awarded. The college community grant and the education lottery grant, these two are state grants. Um, you must be in at least six credit hours to receive any kind of financial aid from, from um, these two, excuse me, from these two grants. The long leave commitment grant, that's something new for the 2021 graduates. It all depends on the eligibility in EOC, so we can't really base that off yet. We go by case by case on that situation. Loans, we do not participate in the federal loans here but we do participate in the private loans. Private loans, the student must be in at least six credit hours as well. The disbursements, which we call the refund check, the tuition, books, and fees have been deducted from the financial aid award. The students will receive a refund check for the remaining amount. They are, they are mailed to the address on file. We advise students, usually when students call and confirm the address, I see if it's different or whatever, and I make sure it's accurate as possible when they are called and check on that. We try to stress the students, you, know, you have to change your address because it will go to the wrong one. We've had a couple already this semester. And then if classes are starting throughout the semester, there is a possibility refund the will be split. So if they have classes that start in August and some that started in October, they will be possibly to refund dates. It's all different per student, so we can't really, you know, gauge on that. And then staying informed, we do have an important dates website. We try this stays accurate as possible. We have the bookstore charge dates on there. We have the refund checks, other dates that will pertain to financial aid, like the census date, when they can add classes and whatnot. We try to tell students to keep an eye on their Cougar mail because we do not send any information on private stuff to the personal one. It will automatically go to their Cougar mail account. 
And then we try to tell them to frequently check the email account you provide on the FAFSA. And then um, we do have a monthly financial aid newsletter that we do um, send out once a month. It's called The Loop. We tell students to be informed for that as well. Are there any questions? And I'll pass it on to Ms. Emily Hayer. Okay, thanks, Anna. Um, I'll keep my part here pretty brief. I think most of you have worked with um, on scholarships, but um, to give you a heads up, so we do have scholarships that come from our endowments and restricted fund scholarships that we offer for our students. They, the, I've linked the application there. We do have an online application. There is a paper application. We already have it up for this year, and the due date is June 1st, I think it falls, right? Due date's usually first, second, or third. kind of depends on when it falls. We do it that Monday so the students have the weekend to get it in. There are also paper copies in financial aid uh, and also in student services with Laura Musselwhite. So we have the June timeframe. We do the first rounds of selections, which is all of our general scholarships in midsummer. So that's usually at the end of June. And then we have considerations in July for both vet med and health sciences programs specifically. We have multiple. I think we've got maybe 50 combined for these two programs. But encourage your students to get them in early, especially if they want to go ahead and get it in now, turn them in now. That way, if we actually may have any spring funds available, we can also access these new um, scholarships. And Dana, no, the staff cannot apply for foundation scholarships because we have a tuition reimbursement program. That runs through Robin Walker, um, and faculty and staff can apply to get up to $1,000 in tuition reimbursement annually. So Robin coordinates that three times a year. And if you watch on staff announcements, she will, um, she'll post that. So can you go to the next slide, Brian? Okay. So what all do we fund? Um, it's pretty simple. They are slightly changing as we set up new ones, but overall it's basic tuition and fees plus books or supplies in the bookstore. We potentially can help support other program needs if approved. We've helped buy cosmetology kits before. We have bought laptops. We are no longer doing that because we have the laptop checkout program, but we can buy software for students really depending on a Cengage code just really depending on what they need, but we're trying to adapt with the time when some of the earlier endowments and scholarships were set up, it was for tuition and fees and books only, but that's before laptops even existed. Um, so we are working with our donors um, to modify these as needed, but we take the funds once we, they're selected, we send them over to both the business office and financial aid and it is put on their accounts. You will need to let students know if they are selected for a scholarship, they will get an email from Laura Musselwhite saying what they got. It will not show up in their financial aid to start. They have to get applied. So it takes a little bit of time for them to see that. So tell them not to freak out. Don't worry if they have the email, funds are coming their way. Okay, Brian, let's see. So who can qualify? Any uh, enrolled full-time student in curriculum courses. We do have scholarships for NA1 students and culinary arts students who are in the Con Ed programs. So we are working to get some more short-term scholarships for our Con Ed students, but right now it's just those two programs we offer it in. And when I say full-time, we evaluate these on an individual basis. Most I think 100% of ours say they must be full-time, but there are certain situations where 10 hours is considered full-time. Sometimes it's a student who they only need three more classes to, to graduate, so they only need nine. So we go through it and look through it with financial aid on an individual basis so that we can make sure that the students are eligible. And um, if they have a little tweak every now and then, we can, we can override the system um, to make sure they get their funds. 
I just listed a few things that we have scholarships available for because we have so many. Single parents, Boys and Girls Club alumni, Lee Senior Southern Lee alums, Chatham County residents, sustainable farming program students. We've got one that the GPA can't be, but between a 2.0 and a 2.5. We have some that are for African-American students only. We have some for students who must speak English. We have some just for Harnett County students, some for automo automotive. I mean, it's have your students apply, encourage them to apply, especially encourage them to get them in um, before that June 1st deadline. If they are nursing and vet med, um, encourage them to get them in with that general round because, you know, they potentially could get more than one scholarship. But if they're a single parent, we have some single parent scholarships that are larger sums than we do for some of the nursing and vet med scholarships. We do like financial aid does. They are split in half. So if you're awarded $1,000, you get 500 in the spring, 500 in the fall, unless we know that they're graduating in December. They just apply for general scholarships. There is a spot on there to list their program. We do go and verify the program because sometimes folks will put things like vet med and nursing that they are not accepted to yet. They're still doing their gen ed courses. So we make sure that they are included in that general round um, as well. Once they are then into the program, we can to move them to the vet med or nursing. Um, there is a list of scholarships and endowments on the foundation webpage if you're curious to see what all the different programs and the scholarships that they have underneath it. We do do a check. So when they receive scholarship, they are required to send a thank you letter and they can either email myself a copy or they can bring it in and I will mail it out for them. A thank you note is must be written and they also must attend the scholarship banquet. This year it's not till March. Usually it is in November, but if the student fails to do the two, unless they are excused from the banquet, we do pull their funding from them. Um, it's very important that they do complete those two steps. I don't feel like we're asking a ton and they get a free meal. But also, if you've got a student now who, you know, I mean, stuff's already paid for, but they're going to need spring tuition, go ahead and have them get that application in. We review once financial aid has hit their, their certain dates. We go back and review to make sure that the students we've selected do qualify for the endowments they were given. And so some of them don't qualify. Some of them withdraw. Some of them turn it down. We do go back and reaward those. So please make sure that you encourage your students to get those scholarships in. March 23rd, 2022. I'm really sad about it, but I just didn't feel comfortable putting that many people in one room. One last thing, Brian, and th thank you for flipping this. Dream Keepers, we do have emergency funding for tuition for Lee County and Harnett County students. They do have to go through the Dream Keeper process, so they will apply on the CC Cares webpage just like everyone else does. They flow through the committee, but we do have tuition um, assistance. We use a lot of that during like natural disasters when it's either I can pay my tuition bill or I can put food back on the table. So we've helped out with a lot of tuition that way. But we work very closely with, with Brian and with Anna and financial aid. So we have a great little team going to make sure our students get the best they can. And I think that's my last slide. I tried to keep it short and sweet. Yay, I'm done. <laughs> So does anybody have any questions? Sorry, I talk fast, I get excited. And there's crickets. It's always like, it's weird talking to my computer too. <laughs> yeah, it feels, it feels weird when we have virtual meetings, we're all in the office, but we still have virtual meetings. Oh, and I will say you may be asked to write a recommendation for a student. It doesn't have to be more than a paragraph or two, but we really do appreciate when you take the time to, to write that. So, was it 30 minutes or an hour? I think it was an hour. Yeah, it was, a, it was an hour. Well, we can give them back 30 minutes. If there's no questions, <laughs> we can go 
definitely give you back 30 minutes of your time. Just, just to think about, just to, just to say one other thing is, you know, just, just think about the students. One thing I always think about is when we're going to tell them to drop classes, as I said earlier, we we need to make sure we've contacted financial aid and the business office to make sure what their implications are going to be, because you know a lot of times we're having to contact students after the new year to say, hey, you still owe us this money because you dropped classes, and you know and some of them are upset and disappointed because they just didn't think about it or they didn't know it. Um, I just think yeah. it's nice to be able to to communicate that to them a little bit more. I know it's communicated to them and they should know, but just wanted to say that. So. And I and I will piggyback off that. We try to stress to the students that anytime, yes, you might add a class, but definitely talk with us before you withdraw from something. That way we can give them a little bit more realistic view of their staff and what how it will affect them. So definitely, they are thinking about withdrawing tell them to contact us and we definitely can help them. We are still virtual as well, so we can do both.